Put the Hallmark movies on pause because cozy scented candles and twinkle lights have nothing on this week's podcast episode for getting you in the Christmas spirit. Just wait until you hear this testimony and what Havla is asking us to do with her in this season. It's so exciting. Okay, I've got cookies I need to bake and brine on the stove for my turkey. So while I tend to that, you just listen to this incredible story. Hi, you guys. Welcome to the Home with Havla podcast. I'm so excited to be with you today. Today, I have an incredible treat for you. It's something that we have never, ever done on the podcast. And you guys know we've been going strong for, I want to say, six years. Um, And thousands of you from around the world listen to this podcast. I'm always amazed that you want to tune in and even listen. But I think that there's such a hunger for communities of truth and compassion and love and just a passion for the Lord. We're looking for communities like that. And so I've loved my podcast community. And today we have been contemplating more of what matters in life. And one of the ways that we've been contemplating that is, you know, all of us have gone through a pandemic. We've all gone through our worlds being turned upside down. Many of us haven't seen loved ones for a while. Maybe we haven't been able to travel overseas. You know, I don't know how you felt during the pandemic, but I felt very helpless. There was a part of my life where I felt like I'm not in the medical field. I, I'm not the one that's going to come up with a cure for COVID at this point, God willing. And I, I felt like I didn't know how to really help. And we started to put our heads together over at Truth the Table and thought, there's got to be ways that we can help, even if we can't change the pandemic, open up borders, you know, help in any medical way. There's got to be ways we can help people. And we started to really consider what our options were in helping. And so today, I want to talk about helping people. I want to talk about ways that we can give back in this season. And I want you to meet an incredible, beautiful, powerful woman who has a story that is pretty incredible. You're going to want to lean in. If your kids are here, I think they'll enjoy it as well. And um, at the end of this, we'll connect back and we'll get to talk about ways that we can all partner together in this season to help a lot of people. So Nora, I want to welcome you to the Have One Have a Lip podcast. Welcome today. Thank you so much. And nice meeting you. <laughs> nice to meet you as well. Okay. So why don't you give us a little bit of your story and who you are, where you live, and just kind of give us all the, the details about your life. Okay. Thank you. Again, my name is Nora Birungi. Birungi means good. <laughs> And every time I think about my name, I give glory to God because it has always been good. Yes. And um, I live in Maryland. I'm married. I have three children, 10, eight, and five. I'm a full-time mom here. <laughs> I love it. Are, do you have boys or girls or what's your, what ages are you? I have two boys, 10 and eight, and then a girl who is just five. I love yeah. it. I wish you guys could see Nora right now. She's beautiful and she has this beautiful pink blouse and this bow and she's got this big smile and um, you would never know she was a mom. You look like you're ageless, uh, but she's just beautiful. Thank you so so much. Three babies. (laughs) Yes. I appreciate that. Thank you. So I live here in Maryland, Germantown, and... I'm now working after being a full-time mom for seven years. I committed those to my children. 
And I decided to now go back to work since my, you know, five-year-old could go to school and I could watch her there. So I decided to start working with schools and I'm a substitute teacher. So that's what keeps me so busy and I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Okay, so you're a mom, you're going back to work. I think a lot of us women on the podcast know what that's like. I mean, I remember the day that my kids could all go to school and it was free childcare. It was like a miraculous moment that <laughs> I could go to school yeah. and it was, it was safe. But that's not always been your life. In fact, you've had quite a unique journey. I, I don't know how far back you want to start, but I would love to hear your story. And I think the women and men that are listening today would as well. Oh, thank you. So um, first of all, I want to thank the Lord so much. Everything I do, I just give all the glory to the Lord because I wouldn't be here before you. I wouldn't be speaking to you. I wouldn't be who I am today if God did not bring the people who blessed my life and change it for good, and that's Compassion International. So growing up, I come from a family of six children, and I'm the sixth child. And my mother is Ugandan, and my father was of Randy's origin. I grew up at a time when we were at the height of civil conflict, where so many families were affected by social economic consequences because of the war. And I remember my mom was a hairdresser at one of her friend's saloons and her job highly depended on how safe the city was at that time. I remember my mom's job was not really, you know, it didn't earn her anything. Sometimes when I grew up, I thought that maybe she just went there maybe to pass time or something because she didn't get anything from, you know, from her job. And we highly depended on my father. My father was a great father that I always miss even as an adult. My father is a very good dad. When I see my husband taking care of my children all the time, I'm giving them whatever they want. I always remember my father. My father was a very good man. He didn't have a lot. He was a soldier and he served in the Rwandan army. And he always wanted the best for us. He didn't have, but he tried his best. And because of the nature of his job, he only made occasional trips. So we always saw him like twice or once in a month. But I remember as a child, every time my father came home, he made it so memorable. He could carry me around, you know, and go <laughs> around the community. And I would show them, I mean, this is my dad. He's a soldier, you know. And he always told me, you know what? There is no stronger, strongest person like a soldier. So I grew mm -hmm. up knowing that soldiers are very strong. So I love my dad so much. But as time went by, his support started to dwindle and his trip stopped. We stopped seeing my father because of a civil conflict in Rwanda. And that was because of the genocide. It's also hard to let you know that as time went on, after a very short time, we got the saddest news that my father had passed in the genocide. They didn't only kill my father, but they killed him together with his entire family because they were Tutsis. So we lost our father and we lost everybody on his side. Life took a terrible turn after my father's death. Everything changed. We had no one to run to, had no one to cry to, no one to help us. 
my mom became so hopeless. I became so desperate. All the six of us had to drop out of school because of lack of school fees. My mother could not take us to school because she didn't have the money to take us to school. And I remember my brother started working at building sites at a very, very young age. I stayed home as other kids went to school and that deprived me of my self-esteem and self-worth. I was so desperate. I grew up in a very big slum. I started seeing myself going in those slums and becoming a young mother, becoming a prostitute because that's what happened to kids that dropped out of school. I stopped to dream. You know, when you're a kid, you have so many dreams. Every time I ask my kids, what do you want to be? Somebody tell, one of them tells me I want to be a doctor. The other one tells me I want to be an engineer. The other one tells me I want to be a lawyer. <laughs> Today they tell me I want to be a teacher. You know, they have a lot of dreams. I had all those dreams, but they were all shattered after mm. the death of my father. I can't tell you how many times we got kicked out of the house because of lack of house rent. So the fear of becoming homeless and illiterate were the most terrifying things that a child can ever go through in life. For us at home, it was hand to mouth and only on our lucky days. But there are times when there was completely nothing to buy food and we went to bed hungry. Mm. And I remember one time we had gone to bed without food and I was so hungry. The hunger, that hunger in the night when you didn't have it, anything to eat, it's terrible. You mm. feel like all your intestines are about to come out. That's how I was feeling. I was so hungry. We went to bed with just a cup of water. It was terrible. So I woke up crying and I decided to go to my mother's workplace, even if she had refused me to go there because I was very young to cross the road. So she had warned me never to even dare going to her workplace. By that time, I said, no, no matter what happens, I need to go tell her I'm hungry. Yeah. So I went to her workplace and I found her working on one of her customers and I told her mom, I'm hungry. My mom didn't say anything. She just looked at me and continued with whatever she was doing with her client. And the lady she was working on asked her, you mean you didn't hear her say she's hungry? That's when my mom dropped everything she had. She started to cry. I saw pain in my mother's eyes, just like a mother. When your child tells you they want something to eat, when they tell you they are hungry, you rush and give them something to eat. My mother had nothing and that made her sad. And Sometimes I think maybe she was also hungry, but because she was an adult, she tried to, you know, to contain it and not really express it. But I really saw pain in my mother's eyes and that made me so sad. Mm. The woman who was there, the customer to my mom felt pity. And she asked my mom, have you heard about Compassion International? My mom said, no, what is Compassion? So the woman told her that it's an organization partnering with the local church in your community. And they are working for, I mean, they're serving children like her. They're registering children like Nora. They take them to school and they do everything for them. The first thing I asked her, even if I had her saying they take children back to school, I asked her, do you think they'll take me back to school? She said, oh yes, that's what they do. Let me tell you, we ran out of that saloon like somebody was. <laughs> yes, we ran so fast because we wanted to, to just get that opportunity of me getting registered. 
And then we get to the church. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Every time I reach this part of my story, I feel joy because that's the time joy filled my heart. A lady came running towards me. She came running towards my mom. Okay, to, towards all of us. But she came right to me and she asked me, would you please like a cup of porridge? But also getting at the church, there was that great aroma going on. Like you feel like there is food here <laughs> and you feel like you want to have it. And then this lady comes to you asking, oh, would you like to have a cup of porridge? I'm like, oh, is she pleading with me? In my heart, that's what was going on. And then I'm like, I asked my mom, how did they know I was hungry? My mom smiled. So we went and they took me right to the meal I say was the best in my, in my life. Mm. They had prepared porridge made out of corn and the porridge had milk. So I got my cup of porridge with milk. And I always tell my children that this was the best meal I ever had in my life. What made this meal so precious for me was the milk. Mm. We were so poor that we could not even afford a quarter cup of milk. So for me to get it in porridge made it yeah. so special. I felt like I was a rich kid because I grew up thinking that only rich kids take milk. So for me to have it, oh my goodness, it filled my heart with joy. And I was so happy. And I can tell you, I took two cups of porridge. That's how hungry mm. I was. And that's how precious that porridge was. I took my two cups of porridge. I had my banana. And then I got into a line that changed my life. When I got into that line, I got registered into compassion. And I think like in two days, they got me enrolled back into school. They gave me all my scholastic materials, 100%. I never, ever got kicked out of school again until I finished my bachelor's degree in social work and social administration. After a short time, I received the best news that every child desires to get. I received news that I had received sponsors, Bonnie and Jeff. These are people who love me so much. I call them a blessing in my life because they really changed my life. My sponsors loved me so much and they wrote to me letters every month. They wrote to me and always told me, Nora, we love you. You are special. You will make it. I kept wondering, these people don't know me, but they love me. I started loving myself. I had never had anyone tell me they loved me. It was my sponsor, Jeff and Bonnie, wow. who were the first one to tell me they loved me. They told me they believed in me. That was so powerful for me. I thought to myself, I said, I'm a poor girl. I live in Islam. How come they call me special? I then started believing in myself that actually I'm special because they always tell me I'm special. And those are three things that never missed their, their letters. And then they told me, you'll make it. I'm like, okay. So they believe in me that I'll make it. I have to read so hard. I read so hard not to disappoint the two people that really believed in me so much. My sponsors, I love them so much till today. And I'm so grateful to God that I was able to meet Jeff and Bonnie this year in August. And they're the best people in my life. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. You got to yes. meet them in person? In person. 
Yes, Compassion organized that. I met them in Ohio. We had the best time. We communicate, we're in touch, we talk, <laughs> we have plans of meeting, and yes, it will happen in Jesus' name. <laughs> that is so, man, your story is incredible. Of course, I have more questions, but I want to just pop in for a minute and let our listeners know that we have decided to become partners with Compassion. And, oh. and, and one of the reasons we've decided to do that is, you know, I've been hesitant to do anything like this because I never want to take funding from local churches and what maybe missions organizations and what they're doing. But I started to go through my own story as a child. I grew up in a minister's home. We didn't have a lot of money. And, you know, we called ourselves like we were at the bottom of the feeding chain because my dad was an evangelist and we would travel and whatever the church gave us, that's what we had for the week. And I remember my parents, even though a often we, we lived paycheck to paycheck, I'll never forget my parents at a young age we decided to sponsor a compassion child. Amen. And I can remember our refrigerator in the mountains. I grew up in the mountains of South Lake Tahoe. And I remember that we had actually two children that we sponsored and they were on our fridge. And we saw them, I saw them every day I went to get breakfast. Every time I went to the, fr- the kitchen, I saw them. And it was very normal part of my childhood was sponsoring somebody um, and specifically a compassion child. And then I remember us writing letters and then sending it back. They would, you know, send back a letter or a thank you. And, and there was this relationship. But as a child, I learned that early on that there was value in giving out of a heart of compassion, but also generosity. And you know, it's funny, Nora, I, tr- I get to travel around the world and, um, and I'm honored to do that specifically when there's not COVID. But I will go into some of these nations that, you know, as an American, we have so much and we're so blessed. And, but without, without a doubt, when I go to these events, I remember being in Germany. I remember being in Finland. I remember being in uh, Switzerland. And there was also in France, every time I went to a women's event, they would give an opportunity for the women there to give to the refugees, give to people in need. And I thought, we don't do that as Americans. We don't think outside the box. We think, I'll give when I have the money or I'll give when I have to get the tax write off. But we don't actually create a spirit of generosity and give back. That's part of our core value. It's how we live. And then we pass it on to our children. And I just, when I began to think about my story and how we've been able to give uh, and been able to partner, I thought, I want to partner with compassion. Like that's somebody that I trust. I've been on tours many times with Bethel Music, and we've always had a compassion sponsor get up and share, a, a communicator, and share the story. And I've watched many, many people, but I hope our listeners understand this, that you were a child that was impacted by this ministry in such a way that it changed your whole life. And you guys, it's not just a beautiful picture. Like, this was your story. How did they... They, they gave you something to eat and they encouraged you. How did they stay in touch with you? Did you go to a specific building in the city or did you get a letter? How did that work for you? Yes. So at the church where I got registered from, that's where the compassion center was. So we, we used to go there every Saturday after school, every Saturday, that was time for church. Actually growing up in my village, they used to call me church girl. Because every Saturday, church. 
Sunday <laughs> church. Monday through Friday school and then church. Two places. I'm either at school or I'm at church. And you know, when you grow up in Islam, it's so tempting. There is a lot that happens in slums and the African slums are totally a mess. So mm. if your child is always at school, come back home, then go to church, that keeps the child together. That kept me so, um, it kept me so focused. I remember growing up, remember, yeah, actually, yes, that's the best one. It kept me safe. I grew up with a single mom, so I had no one to look up to. So at the church, the compassion center, this compassion stuff became my role models. I remember growing up as a child, I admired one of the teachers there who still teaches up to now. I admired her so much. I said, I want to be like teacher Ruth. I want to be like her. And that kept me focused. And every time she could come and say, if you want to be like me, please read your books. Read so hard. <laughs> Take school as a priority, you know? So I grew up knowing. And also the best thing that compassion did for me at that center is showing me Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. Which is yes. the core value. I mean, for those of you that don't know anything about compassion, they work with over 2 million children in 25 mm -hmm. countries. This is not like some small moment. No, no. These guys, they are a trusted uh, community and ministry that have been consistent for decades. It is a safe place to really invest. And the coolest part about compassion, it's something that Nora was really saying is that they take a child and they, they basically pair them with a sponsor and that's for encouragement and support. But then also they really try to get that child a mentor in the community to guide them. So it's not just somebody far away across the ocean that's saying, we love you, you got this, but it's also somebody in their community they can look up to. So that's pretty much what the teacher was for you, right, Nora? Yes, yes. And she always kept thinking, I mean, checking on me and also the pastor in church because, you know, he was our spiritual father and one thing that amazes me is how compassion chooses the right churches to partner with. I, 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 I keep thinking about it. How do they do it? Because I grew up in a church where there was a lot of love. You could not have anything that stumbles you that maybe the pastor does this. Everything was just a good example to me as a child. And the most interesting part is when the pastor always came and preached about our own situations. Like you'll come and preach and give a scripture that relates to what is happening at home, you know? And yes. you home happy and knowing that, okay, we might not have food at home, but Jesus Christ is there with us and he will never leave us. And I struggled so much with unforgiveness and it's through the church that I grew up in the Compassion Center that I learned to forgive. I remember wow. one time the pastor preached about forgiveness. I struggled so much. I always thought about the people who killed my father. And then I, thought, I started thinking about the people who killed my aunties. And I always said, okay, why didn't they leave at least one person? I had so many questions. Why would they kill all those innocent people? Why would they take out the people I loved so much? Why would they take out my grandmother? All those questions. But the pastor answered them in just one second. He told me, forgive. If you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. He gave an example of Jesus Christ forgiving those who crucified them. And 
him forgiving our sins by going to the grave because of our sins. I said, I have to forgive. Wow. That's why I forgave the people who killed my family and I gave my life to Jesus Christ that day. And from that day, 1997, I've never regretted the decision of giving my life to Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal savior. And that was- Wow. You know, Nora, I'm sure you understand, like you have listeners here and I think about how much we have to forgive, like somebody who talked behind our back or somebody who, you know, fired us from a job. You're talking about forgiving somebody that took your whole family from you. But what you're saying is that compassion, and this is important, you guys, it's not just to give back, hope you make it. Their goal at compassion, and I love this as their like, this is their mandate, is to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. And then they identify that. It means to release from poverty is from moving them from not having enough to Mm -hmm. having enough to survive and thrive. So I love that mission, which is, hey, we can't release anybody from anything unless it's by the name of Jesus. And that's what you're saying, Nora. Like we want, we don't want to just give somebody, obviously we want Jesus, uh, what would Jesus do? Not just to be words, but action. But Mm -hmm. I love that it's like, let's release poverty off of these 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 communities so that they can have abundance and they can thrive. And I like what you're saying, because you're not saying, you know, they came in and changed everything and meaning that, you know, it was just enough to survive and thrive for the moment. And a lot of listeners today are thinking, well, I can't do this and I don't have enough to do that. And I mean, how can I really make a difference? And I just want to uncomplicate this for you as a listener. It is not complicated to make a huge impact. Like Nora's on the other side of one family that was willing to say yes. And so at Compassion, if you would, if you choose to sponsor a child, it is $38 a month. It's, it's $38. I mean, I just took my family out. That's less than in and out burger for my entire family for a meal. That's a, a child for an entire month of food and community and making sure that they get what they need. And then it allows them to get nutrition and healthcare. It also allows them to be educated. And the main thing is to escape from poverty. I can't help Nora. I have a, I'm very futuristic. And part of that means that I think about heaven and I think about what it's going to be like when we walk into that, that experience of knowing that we live for God and we did everything he asked us to do. And the Bible's so clear as a Bible teacher, I know this. He says, we are going to be rewarded for how we lived on earth. And I just think that our compassion children may be there and they may be saying, look what you did. You lived it out. You fulfilled the purpose, which was to give to the poor, to help the widows, to help the needy. That's, That's the gospel lived out. And so I just think for $38, I have this huge goal. I've never done this. I mean, we're talking like, I've never done this, but I have this huge goal that we would be able to sponsor a hundred kids at Truth the Table from our community, a hundred kids. And for those of you that can't listen much longer, I want to give you that ability to know what it is and you can do it today. All you have to do is text the word table 
to this number. It's 833-93. That's 833-93 and type the word table. That's all you got to do. And then the text message will get sent and you will get sent all the instructions. And by the end of the day, really within the hour, you will have a child. You'll be sponsoring. You'll be able to, even for Christmas, be able to send your funds for Thanksgiving and for Christmas and be able to know you're giving back immediately during the holidays. You, I mean, come on, you guys. You know, we spend more for garland at Walmart for $38 than actually a child that's life is going to be changed forever, an eternal soul. And, you know, you might say, wow, you're getting strong about this. But I just think we get strong about things that don't matter. And this matters. I can't stop COVID. I can't stop all the things that are happening politically. But, you know, I can start by helping one child today, put it on our refrigerators. Even if we don't have a lot of money, that $38 will remind our children that it's not just about us. It's about others. It's about other people's journey. And no matter how impoverished we may feel, I, I guarantee you there are many of us that have never gone to bed hungry. Our kids have never gone to bed hungry and we can stop that for a child today. So I'm asking you as my listeners to partner with me. I'm asking you to step out in faith and take the risk and, and actually put your faith in action. I'm asking you to withhold something that would be a big deal to you normally. And to say today, we're going to get a child who's going to be a part of our family. I know so many people that say, well, if God ever wanted me to, I'll adopt. Like I remember this, there's this woman I just talked to at a women's meeting and she said, you know, I was done with two babies and I told God we can add children to our family. You know, when you want to, maybe not through my womb, but through some other way, guys, what if you started with a compassion child? You want to adopt a child on the earth? Why don't you adopt a compassion child and start that spirit of adoption that God wants us to have and to give back? So I'm curious, uh, Nora, what, what do you think for those that are listening? How did you go from, you know, being in this slum and this impoverished community and finally getting the compassion center and starting to get, did you get letters from your sponsor? How did you guys start to correspond? How does that work? So the moment I got into compassion and I got a sponsor, immediately she started sending me letters every month. I think twice or depending on how her schedule was, I used to ask her, how did you used to do that? Because I used to get a lot of letters from her. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, came, I became so used to her letters because I always knew that three things won't, won't miss. And I actually sit down and look for them. You make it. I love you. You're special. And then I go down, underline them, and then I can go through the the, the whole the whole letter <laughs> after saying those three. <laughs> and I actually remember I, I shared it with a friend of mine. I told her, I know what is in that letter. The right things I'm not going to miss. And those are the things I, I'm looking out for. So I go and see it, <laughs> and he's like, No, I, I I told her I'm telling you. I reached them to her, and then we sat down. I underlined them, she laughed. And then I sat and read my whole letter because <laughs> I needed, you know, just to know- the three things again? Nora, tell me those three things again. The first thing was, we love you. You're we special, you. you'll make it. Three things. And when I met her, I asked her, how did you think about these things? And she's like, I knew that's what you needed. And I believed in you, you would make it. And then when I met her, she's a young lady. 
who is just 10 years older than me. Wow. Wow. I asked her, you must have been at college when you started sponsoring me because I'm now 36. She got me at 10 years old and she's just 46. I'm like, wow. So all along I had a big sister taking care of me. It was so special <laughs> for me. <laughs> yes, I love that. And you know, the other thing, when, when I came here and I met compassion, I told them I wanted to give back. I wanted to see compassion myself. And when I talked to, when I got to know that it's just $38, I sat back and I'm like, wow, that $30 did a lot for me. I went to school with mm. everything of mine paid, all my scholastic materials paid. I had a new uniform on, a new pair of shoe, books, pencils, and all my school fees was paid. And then they paid my medication 100%. Can I tell you what that means? Medication. And you know, because we're so poor, my mom couldn't afford taking us to hospital. So the only thing she knew, and most parents or most people back home who are poor only know Tylenol. Tylenol will heal everything. If it's a complication with the brain, if it's a complication with the heart, any complication is Tylenol. And the reason why it's Tylenol, back home we call it paracetamol. So, yeah. yeah, so I can, to make it easier for people to understand, Tylenol. And Tylenol is very cheap. It's even mm. less than a 25 cent. It's very little, less than a dollar. So that's what a mom could afford. And I could take that. But when I joined Compassion, I started seeing a pediatrician in mm. doctor. The doctor could check me and make sure I'm fine and compassion make sure I'm totally healthy. It was because of compassion. It's and incredible. And compassion doesn't only take care of the Nora or the child. They take, they impact the whole family. Every time I came to the compassion center, we always had those words of encouragement from the pastor. The pastor always used to pray for us. So I, I, I fell in love with his preaching about Jesus Christ because at home we used not go to church. I mean, my mom is a poor woman. She's hustling. She's looking for food. She has no time to take you to church. She has no that time. So when I started going to the Compassion Center, we started, I started, you know, hearing about Jesus Christ and every Sunday I used to come to church. So I got my first Bible that Compassion gave me and I went back home, I gave it to my mom. So because I didn't know how to read, she used to read it for me because it was in our local language. That's how I love Compassion. I don't know how they do these things. Just for them to know that, okay, I am still young. Nora is still young. She won't be able to read an English you know, Bible, because we go to school to learn English, they give you a Bible that you will totally understand in your local language. Mm. So my mom used to read for me that Bible. And I would tell her, oh, today we read about this scripture. I would, we would write down the scriptures and then we go, for me, I could go back home and show it to my mom and tell her, oh, we read from this book. We read about this story. This story was so good. So I would tell her the story and she said, oh, let's open and see. So I taught my mom how to open the Bible. So she starts opening and then she reads for me. Guess what? My mom started loving Jesus Christ. She's like, mm, wow. Why is that coming to church? Before I know it, my mom starts coming to church. <laughs> so amazing. That is incredible. 
She gives her life to Jesus Christ <laughs> because of compassion, you know? Compassion really did a lot in my life. It's, it's, it's incredible. And Nora, you know, if you reach my, if you love my kids, I love you. I mean, that's how life works. So if we can, yeah. you know, like if you're, if you're not nice to my children, you better watch out. Like we're mama bears. We, we're here to help. So the idea that they reached you and because they reached the little girl, they was able to reach the whole family. It was credibility and it was Jesus. And it allowed her to know that Jesus was coming to help. Yeah. I just... I just think it's profound. I mean, I know, like I said before, a lot of you can't see Nora right now, but beautiful. You would just never know how much you've overcome, how much you've just fought to become the beautiful woman that you are. Three kids, healthy, you know, just helping others. Even the fact that you're telling your story is so profound. I mean, a lot of times people don't want to tell their story. It's like, yeah, that's great. That was another time. I don't want it. But the fact that you're willing to come back and tell your story and encourage you guys, you get, you, I hope you understand what's happening right here. Like this is a woman, a beautiful woman who was a little girl in another mm. nation. She was going to bed hungry. Her dad had been killed, her whole family. She's living in a war-torn environment. And the only hope she has is a compassion center that's giving her food giving yes. her love, giving her connection to the outside world, not just her mm. nation, but in a world that's out there. They're giving her education. They're giving her medical, uh, any, anything, treatment. I mean, this is profound. And for $38, a lot of us, that is a sacrifice. I'm not going to lie. I know that if you are a mom at home and you have little 30, $38 is a meal, a dinner at home, or maybe it's a new pair of shoes for your kids. I get that. I understand that. But, you know, I really believe that when we, we don't just teach our kids uh, how to be good people, we want to teach our family how to be generous. We want to teach our kids to think about other people outside of ourselves. And even that the world is bigger than America or wherever you are, whether you're in Australia, Canada, I know we have lots of people from Brazil, all kinds of people that listen to this podcast, you can join us. Again, my big, my big plea and mandate and all the things is I want to believe I'm believing in faith that we're going to have a hundred kids sponsored with compassion this month. Like during the holiday season, you know, we put a lot of truth to people's table. I'd like to put some food on people's table around the world. And I hope you'll join me. I hope that you'll step out in faith as we are stepping out in faith and saying, we too want to join with you, Havila, and treat the table. We want to, we want to help a child this year. And there's no other commitment than that. It's $38 a month. Uh, that child gets you, you will get uh, a picture of that child. You will get a description of where they live, how to reach out. You don't get their personal address, their safety involved, but you'll get to have this correspondence and then your kids can write them a letter or maybe you're a beautiful single woman and you're like, I don't have kids yet. I'm not giving my kids anything yet. Then get a compassion child and give them a Christmas. Let them know that you're, it's beyond uh, the, the future. And I just, I just think if you've never sponsored a child in your life, it's time to do it. I really believe that. Like it's, you've got to do it at least one season of your life. And I've had opportunity of doing it with many different organizations. But, you know, the truth is, and I've done, you know, feed, feed the children. I've done a lot of different organizations and given throughout my years. And I just think the idea that Jesus is the center of the giving is really critical because without Jesus, 
you know what? Yeah, you might have a good life, but we want you to have eternal life. And that's where it comes from, Jesus. So again, if you have your phone, you can text right now, 833-93. There's three threes in there. It's 833-93. And just type the word table, T-A-B-L-E, table, T-A-B-L-E. Or if you would like to actually do a little more research, and I get that. Some of you guys want to know, I want a little girl, I want a little boy, I have a nation on my heart. I feel called to this specific part of the world. You can absolutely go to compassion.com slash truth to table. So they, they already gave us a whole little section so that you guys can partner with our, our goal, but it's compassion.com slash truth to table. And you can choose a little boy or a little girl from over 25 countries. And um, we will have that information. They'll let us know if you join us as well. So again, we're believing for a hundred kids. We declare that in faith that a hundred kids are going to get sponsored from this moment. Nora, I just want to thank you so much for being on this podcast. You are truly inspiring and I just, I respect you so much. I just do. And the story that you have, thank you for reaching back out and helping people. Thank you too. I want to appreciate you for having a heart of advocating for children back there who need a sponsor. So many children want a sponsor. That's for sure. And one day we can put on our vision board. One day we might get to meet that child as well. And that's Amen. super cool. Amen. I'm believing for thousands and thousands of kids around the world that will have sponsors. COVID has changed our lives. COVID has changed not just American mm -hmm. lives or Australian lives, but there are many families around the world that COVID has devastated them. And it's mm -hmm. one thing to be stuck at home on a screen working. It's a whole nother thing to not have any food for your family and have no way to fix that. So again, this is our give back moment. Uh, we'll continue to talk about this. We're not done talking about this, but today this was Nora and that was her beautiful story. Make sure you go play this story for your kids. I think kids, your children would probably really enjoy a story like this. And I'll tell you what, my kids are going to be hearing this for sure. So have an incredible Thanksgiving, Nora. Thanks for being with us. And for all of you again, don't forget to, to sponsor today, 833-93, type the word table and make sure you let us know and uh, have a great Thanksgiving and we'll catch up next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, last year Havila had us all wear red nail polish for I Do Boundaries and this year, I'm just trying to think of what we can all do to show we are in the compassion family together, embodying the spirit of adoption God wants us to have for others in need. Maybe a top knot or yesterday's makeup since that's the ultimate mom thing. Just me, not you. Okay, cool. Well, send in your ideas. Let us know. It says God places the lonely in families. We want him to find a place for the lonely in every Truth to Table family member. Y'all, we do family so well here. So join us in sharing this burden for releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. Definitely tag us on socials in a screenshot when you finish signing up. When you text TABLE to 83393 so we know you're partnering with us in this. Again, it's T-A-B-L-E, TABLE, to 83393 so that we know you're partnering with us. Also, who heard Havila's announcement about her new study, Discovering and Activating My Spiritual Gifts? It's a guidebook to help you identify and understand your unique spiritual gifts. You'll want to pre-order yours now and also be on our email list and on our socials to jump on our Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. 
We love you guys so, so much. We're super excited to partner with you on this compassion family kind of thing that we have going on here and that Havila is doing. And then also for our new study, super excited for Havila's new book. We have so much in store for you and we'll be rolling it out in the next few days and weeks. So have a wonderful week and happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.